matter, the subject matter today. Jesus is, you can go back to that first slide if you would. Jesus is our hope. Paul in his opening greeting in 1 Timothy makes a comment. He says, Christ, Jesus, our hope. That's my whole focus today. Christ, Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Christ is our hope, folks. I got news for you. My hope is not in the coming elections. Okay? I'm going to do my part. I'm going to vote. I encourage you to vote. It's very important that you vote. And vote your God conscience, not just your own. But, but I, I want you to know something. I, I, I don't have a lot of hope that things are going to turn around except that America repents and God has mercy upon us. Okay? But I personally think that tough times are coming. Is, anybody, is, I, is there a witness to that with anybody here? I think, I think tough times, I mean, we may think this is tough. We ain't seen nothing yet, right. Um, I, I think tough times are coming. And I think things are setting in place to make them happen. In fact, it could be that they are going to, I think, possibly speed up. Um, but, you know, and I could go into several different reasons why. But I, I'm just going to tell you something, folks. <clears throat> we can't be this irresponsible with a country and it not come back to blow up in our face. Um, there's just so many things that I see that just blow me away, right? People that ought to be in prison are in their homes and people that are godly are being arrested and it's happening in this very country. And I, I see freedom of speech and hate speech in a huge collision course. When it happens, this will be very difficult to do. Because you see, the ability to preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ is because we have freedom of speech. Monetary system is quickly moving. How many of you know that? It's quickly moving to the digital. Digital. Do you know, we got to visit with our missionaries from China a week or so ago. And it's already there in China. Digital money. Guess what? China can already determine what you can buy and can't buy through your digital dollar. Already. That's, that's already there. And I don't know why America thinks that China is such a good example that we do everything that they do, but we seem to be following their pattern. The digital dollar is coming. When it happens, they can control what you spend. It's a reality, folks. It's a reality. Good is paraded as evil. Evil is good. It's only a matter of time for all that's going to come back to bite us. But the attitudes and the actions of our country are following the attitudes and actions of so many countries before. And if it's ever been true, it is absolutely true today. And we might not see it as much in small town America. But man, you go into any place bigger And you quickly begin to see these words of warning that Paul gave in 2 Timothy 3. Verse 1, but understand this, that in the last days there will be times of difficulty. That's what I'm talking to you about. Times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, 
slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Difficult times are coming. Will Jesus be enough when times get hard and the church is persecuted? And I think that's going to happen here in America, folks. I don't see any other way around it. In fact, if you believe in the, if you believe in the word of God, if you, if you are knowledgeable about end times, then, then please hear me when I say this. America does not get a bubble and a pass. In the last days, wickedness will prevail everywhere. And the church will be attacked everywhere. So, will Jesus be enough to get us through all that? <laughs> That's our hope, isn't it? That's our hope. Well, even before the rapture, get us through the part, uh, the, the tough times that are going to... So, listen, I... I but before you get this idea, oh, this is going to be one of those kind of messages. I'm going to go out so depressed. No, because the good news is, is John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation. You see, the thing is, is we haven't seen so much of that, but it's been predominant in so many places in the world. It's that they face tribulation in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Take heart. Don't be discouraged. It's okay. Can I tell you something? Shh. It's always been the plan of God to let darkness have its moment. And then the glory of the Lord shine forth. So look at this verse with me. 1 Peter 1.13. Since we, since, since we can get it in our hearts and minds that because, I mean, you, you take when Christ came, okay? It was a very, it was a very rebellious time. But Christ came, didn't he? And, and, and when it came time for the crucifixion, he looked at them and he said this to his disciples. He said, this is the moment, this is the time when darkness reigns. In other words, this has got to be so that this can be. And folks, listen. The tribulations have got to be so that the glory of the Lord can fill the earth. So, knowing it is coming, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Set your hope on the grace of God. I talked to you last week. What is grace? Grace is the power of God to do his will. Okay? So our hope is in his grace. His grace is his power to do what he has called us and wants us to do while we are on this earth. And if we put those things in perspective and realize that even though sin may abound, grace will even more abound. So when you see sin rampant, just remember the grace of God is also in abundance. Even in that very situation. It depends on where you're looking. It depends on whether you got hope or not. 
But in, when sin abounds, grace is that much more abound. So the bottom line is, folks, just, let's just stay alert. Stay on task. And get ready for the ride. Because the ride's coming. Jesus literally is our hope, folks. That's it. Jesus is our hope. It is in his sacrificial death that we have a hope that our sins are forgiven. Amen? Amen. It is in his resurrection that we have a hope <laughs> that we too are going to live after this life. And he is the hope that we have of an eternal home and destiny in Christ Jesus. I want to read another verse of encouragement. 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope. Come on now, smile. He has called you. He has given you the ability to be born again into a living hope. Not a despair, but hope. <clears throat> Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable. Oh, you got to stop and think about these words. These are awesome words right here. Okay? We, we're going into, we, we have an inheritance that is imperishable. That is undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded. Now, there's the other good word in there, guarded. We are, we are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Glory to God. So, come on. Is there a magnificent place being prepared that is beyond description and imagination? Is there a new body <laughs> that's got your name on it? <laughs> that's got no pain, no tears. Is there a reward for living in his righteousness and doing his will in this life? Is that there? Yes. yes. Absolutely yes. That is what we believe. And because, that, because we have never seen it, then that is what we hope but the beauty of it is, is we know it's there. Because see, the thing is, is because we are believers, because we walk by faith, we don't just like, hmm, sure hope so. No, we know so. Because that's what Hebrews tells us. Faith is being sure of what you hope for. Being sure of what you hope for. Being confident in what you've not seen. Folks, I'm going I'm to tell you something. There are millions of people just like you, us, that are 
absolutely confident that Jesus Christ is Lord, that his salvation is real, and that we are going to spend eternity with Christ Jesus, and that this life can't even compare to that life that's coming. Wow. So I share this with you today because I, I want to inspire you and I want to encourage you. But then that needs to come by way of sometimes enlightening, reminding. Ephesians 1, 18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. See, we were called to a hope. A hope. My eyes have not seen it. But I was called to this hope. Every Christian everywhere in the world is living with a calling that there is a hope. That there is a hope. Because, folks, let's get real. (laughs) If it's not Christ, whatever it is, it's pretty pitiful. But we have this hope. We're called to it. An unseen reality in Jesus Christ. Colossians 127 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Why do we have this hope? Folks, we have this hope because we have not bought into some nebula idea floating out there, which is what I call reincarnation. Boy, talking about a nebula idea. Yes, yes, yes. You get to come back and try again. You get to keep doing that until you get it right. No. We have a convinced heart that what? Christ in us is our hope of glory. Our hope is in the real and personal Jesus Christ who died and was raised and is now joined back with the Father. That that too will be our hope. You got to have your hope in something, folks. And I started off at the beginning. My hope is not that America is going to get it all right. My hope is not that if we turn a few seats around that, you know, things are going to get better. Folks, I don't know if, if I'm not an economist, but I can tell you this. When, when, when things go up, they don't ever hardly come back down except a little. That's just the way it's been. And when you have what we've got in inflation and all that kind of stuff, it's not like, oh, well, you know, if, if, if we have a good election, then gas is going to go back to $2. No, it ain't. I bought something the other day, and I can't remember what it was. And I said to myself, that is twice what I paid for it just probably a year and a half ago. Twice as much. But my encouragement to you is, don't worry about it. I, what? I mean, can you fix it? Well, if you can, go for it. But 
I would rather you begin to get the right mentality, which is hold unswervingly to the hope you profess. <laughs> hold to the hope. Don't, don't, don't look to the left and right and worry and, 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 and start switching your hope to this or your hope to that. Hold unswervingly to the hope that you profess because he who has called you is faithful. He's faithful. And that's really what you're putting your hope in is his faithfulness. And he has never failed us. He is our hope because he is faithful. He is faithful. That's the blanks. I think that's the only blanks I gave you for this week. I'm going to hold this up for a minute though, right here. This is my Bible. It's, I, <clears throat> it's so easy for me to preach from a tablet. Just, I want to talk to you about this. The truth of the matter is, really, everything we hope for is directly connected to what we read in this book. I mean, our knowledge of heaven, our knowledge of his salvation plan, our knowledge of his covenant and his faithfulness and, and his love to generations. Where do we get all that? The tribulation was going to come, but that he'll keep us in the midst of it. This is, this is it. This is, this is where it all comes from. We are all counting on the words in this book to be true. We're counting on it. And that's what's so beautiful. 1 John 5, 13, the apostle John wrote these words. He said, I write these things to you who believe. You see, for the skeptic, this book doesn't work. For the unbeliever... No, it's like, nah, who can get into that stuff? Besides that, you know what? I read the Old Testament and I, and I see this and I read about Job and I say, oh my word, if God, if, if that's the kind of God, why didn't he deny him? I agree with Job's wife. He should have just cursed him and said goodbye. When you read all that kind of stuff, it but, but, when we read all that and we, and we have confidence that it's showing us, I write these things to you that you may believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This book is what inspires my hope because this book talks about a faithful God. And it tells me that there is an eternal life that he has promised, that he guarantees to be, and that will be if we are faithful to him. Okay? So I already know how they're voting over here. How about the rest of you? How are you going to vote? Is this the book? Is this the book? Because I don't know what else. I, I, I don't know. Anything else that you can put your confidence in that is going to inspire you and give you hope more than this book will. All those promises, they are the inspiration that, that if we hold fast to the truth that's in this book, that it will guide us and, and, and lead us into the eternal life that he has promised I'm putting my confidence in there. I am.
You know, I, by, by virtue of teaching some world religion classes in times past, I've read some of this stuff. It's in uh, the Quran. I've read some of the stuff that was in uh, Buddhism and Hinduism. Some of the teachings and some of the things that, that, that they are <laughs> putting their, their confidence and hope in. Mm -mm. No. I'm going to go with the Bible. And because I'm going to go with the Bible, then I want to encourage you about some things that this Bible teaches us about hope. The first one is 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I love certain verses of Scripture because, to me, they sort of sum things up. You know, if you're trying to understand God and you're trying to understand God from from cover to cover in the Bible. Boy, that, that's a whole lot. That's mind-blowing. But there's sometimes that you can take a verse and it pretty much will guide you and help you. And this is one of them. We remember before God and, and Father your work produced by faith. Everybody, there's nothing to write down. So just really key in on what you're going to hear. If you have faith... That Jesus Christ is Lord and that his promises are true. You work for the kingdom of God. You, you see that your life has a purpose and a plan to accomplish while you're here. And it's to further the kingdom of God. If, if you really do have faith, there is a productivity in your life. The second thing is, is your labor prompted by love. If you love the Lord with all your heart and you love others the way he has loved you, the way you're supposed to love, there is no way on earth that there is not something compelling inside of you to show that love to others. It has to be there. It has to be. I mean, if I, if, if I say I love my wife, but I don't, I don't talk to her, <laughs> I don't put my arm around her, I don't give her hugs and kisses, what on earth is actually conveying that I love her? Well, I told you that I loved you when I married you. I haven't changed my mind. If you love people because God loves people, you will find ways to express it. It comes with the package. And then the last one is inspired by hope and our Lord, your endurance inspired by hope. Your endurance inspired by hope. <clears throat> if your hope is in the Lord... You will endure no matter what because there's no other what. You will endure. He will keep you. You will have enough of his strength. You'll have enough of his grace. You'll have enough of, of the faith that you need no matter what is coming. You will endure. 
in church. I say that because I'm trying to get a balance here. I want to encourage you, but I also want to give you an awakening. Folks, it's not going to get better. I'm sorry. Sin is abounding. And the grace of God is abounding even more. But it's not. It's not going to get better. It's just going to get harder. But the good news is, you got God. Your hope is not that the world's going to get better, that somebody's going to fix it. Your hope is that God's love, power, and his Holy Spirit, and his grace, and his mercy is enough. That no matter what comes, you're going to be fine. Because the Lord is with us. Praise the Lord. And here's what I like about hope. When you really get it, you find out it comes with benefits. How many of you like benefits? You know, it seems like every time I do something, I don't quite read the fine print. And it and and turns out there was no benefits. It was just, it was just a bad deal in the end. So... Here's, here's good news. There's benefits. And this is a verse that I, I know older people know it really good. But go to Isaiah. I don't know if the younger generation knows this verse near as much. But I know some of you that have been around for a few years, you know this one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint those whose hope is in the Lord you know what you get when you have hope in the Lord renewed strength boy yesterday was rough that's okay today the my hope is in the Lord I can do this run and not get weary I'm thinking that your hope in the Lord is the only way you can keep your energized bunny going is by having your hope in the Lord because the world's trying to wear you out. The world's trying to discourage. And if you just look at what's going on, you can get discouraged. But when you look at the Lord and you know that, that evil was going to come and that tribulations were part of the package, but that his hope and grace was going to be enough through all of it, then you know what? Your strength is renewed. And you're ready. Folks, listen. We can do whatever it is we need to do because the grace of God will help us. And even if everything around us begins to get worse and it begins to be harder to do it, that just means that God can do even greater things. Because when people begin to lose their hope in the world, then they're ready to hear about the hope that's in Christ Jesus. Here's another benefit. Romans 15, 13. May the hope of, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I had Drew read that as the opening this morning. I, I love the beauty of what comes in that. With hope comes joy and peace. Okay, so let's put that over here. With hope comes joy and peace. But you know what joy and peace does? <laughs> it creates an overflow of hope. So when I have hope, then, then in, in the world in which I'm living, I, here I am, I'm the Christian, and around me are, the, are, are people that don't know the Lord. And while they are struggling and have no hope, I'm over here with hope. And how do I know it's there? Because there's a joy and a peace. 
Because you see, if you don't have the hope, you don't, you don't have the joy and the peace. You have fear and discouragement. But because I have hope, I have joy and peace. But guess what joy and peace presence in my life does? It overflows and creates hope. You got people around you that need to know your hope. They need to see that you have hope because of your joy, because of your peace, and then the ability for that to overflow so they can go, what is it that keeps you positive when this is such a negative Nancy life? Where are you getting this? Well, it's a hope that I have in Christ Jesus. It's a confidence that I have that he's more than enough. More than enough. Our friends could use that, folks. I'm telling you. Now, those are some pretty good benefits. And here's the good news. The world doesn't give them to you, and the world can't take them from you. They come from the Lord, and they are sustained by the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to finish up. Oh, wow. That's okay. I'm going to go quick. This is a quick version. Go to the next passage. Here is a verse of Scripture. Let me just read it. I'll stay on task here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I want you to get this verse. And I want you to get it in perspective, okay? This is one of those verses that in America we say, oh, that's my verse. I'm glad, I'm glad he got to Jeremiah 29. That's my verse right there. But I'm going to tell you what was going on when this happened, okay? When God gave this word and Jeremiah penned it, do you know what the children of Israel were? They were scattered. They were discouraged. They were beat down. They had lost everything. They'd been, they'd been captured and flung all over the then known world. So there wasn't one Israelite that, was read, that, that, that saw what God said or, or heard this message from Jeremiah and said, that's my verse. Yep, yep, yep. God's plan is to prosper me and, and to protect me and, and plans to give me a hope and a future. That's my verse. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be protected. It's going to be glorious. No, they were literally beat down and totally discouraged. And you know what this word said? I, I just about got, got cranked up here. Wow. I almost came down there. I used to preach down there a lot. But with, with a camera nowadays, you know, it's like, eh, that's a no-no. You know what they got? Here's what they got. I know you. I still have a plan. And, and, and I've got, you got hope. My plan for you, my plan for you is I'm going to give you a hope. I personally think that that message was a message. Your hope is going to come in a deliverer named Jesus Christ. But I want, I want you to get the perspective of this because this is tremendously important as we are so close <laughs> to next week. You see, next week we do a one-day offering. And, and, and I, I know I'm going to use a couple of your minutes. I'm sorry. When you go down there to eat, you can think about this. We do an offering. We call it a one day to feed the world. 
one day to feed the world. What we ask people to do is to literally bring what they have prayed over and prepared a offering, a a real offering that's maybe something like one day's wage. One day's wage. Whatever it is you made all year, divide it by 240 and bring that. And, 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 but I want you to, I'm going to challenge you, okay? I'm going to challenge you to prayerfully do more than that. I know what the Lord's already told me. I'm going I'm to challenge you because here's the thing. 200, 200, <laughs> 4, 465,000. That's a long ways from 200. I don't know where that came from. 465,000 children were up 120-something thousand children from about a year ago that are now in the one-day feeding program. The goal is 1 million. You know why that's a pretty good goal? Because there's 2.1 million children that are still starving. One meal a day. That's what they're giving them. One meal a day. I don't know if you've seen my son Quincy. But if I told him one meal a day was all he got, he would think he was dying. Because he eats all day long. Last night he got it from the supper table. And 30 minutes after he finished eating, he started grazing. And he grazed until he went to bed at 10. It's mind-boggling for me that an hour after you eat supper, you have a bowl this big full of cereal. You, some of you can identify with that, can't you? Okay, but anyway, here's the point. I digress. I spent Tuesday night at a Convoy of Hope meeting. That's the reason why I wasn't at Coffee and Convo. Forgive me for not being there. I, but I, I sat there and it hit me because I've been studying on hope. And then I go there to Convoy of Hope, but I'm reminded of something while I'm sitting there. And that is, everybody listen, we are not giving them a meal. We are giving them a hope. We are giving them a hope. Because what that meal opens is the door of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you look at 460-something thousand kids that are getting a meal, I want you to think what needs to be thought. 460,000 children are, are, are finding out and being taught that Jesus is the answer. He's the hope. Folks, when you don't have hope, you have despair. And we are changing the world by, by being transmitters of hope. And I want to do the most that I've, I, I'm praying we do the most we have ever done in that one day offering. So that we're not just helping to continue to feed 460 something thousand. But that again this year we can add another 100,000 kids in there. Because if churches all over the United States that are partners with Convoy of Hope and do this one day offering, it can happen. It can happen. And that, everybody look at me, that 
It's the best way to use your money. It's to give hope where there isn't any. Would you stand? I cannot imagine. Of course, I've been saved for a long time now, but I just cannot imagine life without hope. And I not only want to be energized by the hope that I have, but I want to spread the hope to those who are hopeless. Please prayerfully ask the Lord and do the best you can next Sunday. Father, we praise you. Thank you. Because God, if I was living in this time without you, I'd be scared. If I was looking around at the way things are going, Lord, it would be discouraging. But because I know that you are in absolute control and that everything will go as it needs to until it is all laid at the feet of Jesus and comes into the perfect order where the glory of God shines all over the place. And that every knee bows and every tongue confesses and everyone now knows that God is God. And that he was the one always that we should have worshipped and had our focus on. Thank you. I have hope. I have confidence in you. And that's better than knowing what tomorrow brings. Renew our hope. Refresh our spirits. And help us dispense hope freely to everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I am trying to preach shorter. I really am. It's just not working. <laughs>